This episode is brought to you by CEP Compression Australia. CEP Compression brings the user more energy, greater endurance, and enhanced performance during activities. For a discount at CEP, use the following code online, local legends in running. Welcome to the Local Legends in Running podcast, where you hear the stories of local legends in the Australian running community that you've simply always wanted to hear. Today in Season 2, Episode 15, I talked to Gold Coast runner Jordan McLennan. Jordo has been around the running circuit for over a handful of years now. He joined the Gold Coast Runco at the young age of 15 and after high school, headed to America to Loyola and Marymount University in LA to extend his running. Unfortunately, his American running experience wasn't what he had hoped for, so he returned to Gold Coast Runco in 2018 to continue chasing his running dreams. Since this time, Jordan has run as fast as 30.12 in the 10K, and most recently, a 2.19 in his debut marathon at the Gold Coast Marathon Festival in 2023. So as always, if you're out for a jog or doing the chores, throw those headphones in and enjoy hearing from Jordo as he talks about the ups and downs of elite running. How's that? Oh, geez, that sounds a lot better. Does it? All right, let's do that. That's the computer now? Yeah, that's just coming out of the computer. Oh, sweet. Mate, I was out with um, Drury Williams this morning, just by by chance after Kevin Park run. You know yeah. Drury, he was keen to hear from you this afternoon. Yeah, Drury's great, but yeah, I don't see too much of him, but every time I bump into him, he's always great to have a chat to. Anyway, welcome uh, officially to the Local Legends in Running Podcast. Thank you, mate. It's cool to be here. Excellent. There's so much to unpack this afternoon, um, primarily primarily because of the Gold Coast Marathon, your first one, the debut. Uh, yeah. Your 18th, I've got here with a 219.41. And no discredit to you. I just I just feel like going into it, <clears throat> there was a bit more um, around, say, Tim Vincent from Gold Coast. And you were so close to him in the end, really. I think he was a high 217 or 217 something. Yeah, you- I think he might have just about 217.20 odd or around that. He'll get angry at me if I got that wrong. <laughs> it was there somewhere. And he did feature um, on the Inside Running podcast, didn't he? So he was talking yeah. about his training on there, I think. And um, I was just out there at the 25K mark on Sunday. I'd run Saturday myself in the half. And I've seen you come past in a pack of about uh, seven blokes of whom I had no idea who they were. So just um, just talk to us about how your lead-in was and then also how you fared through your very first marathon. Yeah, yeah. Well, the lead-in was um, perfect, really. Like, I... I hadn't, I hadn't done any marathons before, obviously. And, and the training, I guess, for me up to that point had just been 5k, 10k stuff, pretty generic. Um, I didn't really run much more than sort of 120 each week. Um, had, had about six months off running back end of last year, caught a bit of an Achilles issue, didn't run. And it was, uh, transitioned into a full-time job that was pretty intense and sort of saw the you know, the transition started to happen of maybe I was just going to slip into to life after running. And um, yeah, I just was, I, I did really miss it. So I came back and did a little bit here and there, but I needed something to get excited about. So about March said to Jacko, I'm running a marathon. He's like, all right. And then sort of sat on it for a week and was like, no, nah, I'm really running a marathon. And he's like, all right, let's, let's get to work. So had about a 12 week build up where, yeah, things just kind of I upped it to about 160k a week and I just stayed there for about 12 weeks and um, didn't really have too many 
issues. Um, I was very, very fortunate really with a lot of other stuff going on at the time, like work-wise things had quietened off. I'd changed jobs um, and everything just really aligned for me to kind of have a proper bash and, and see how I could go. So yeah, I was super stoked with how it went. The whole build-up was good. The whole experience really was probably the best running experience I've ever had. So I'm, I'm over the moon with everything at the moment. And before, yeah, before you get into the race, what about in terms of half marathons? Because I know you've run a lot on the track um, as low as 800, but you've done plenty of 1,500, 3Ks. So like how many half marathons have you done or had you done before your first marathon? Oh, I think maybe maybe only one or two. Like I did, I did <laughs> one. <laughs> I did Brizzy Marrow was my first half and I, and I ran, uh, I can't remember what I ran, but I remember averaging about 3.15s and then, I just liked doing something different. I think my mentality was good to sort of not be too stressed about competing. You just got to kind of do your own thing. Um, and then I did a couple more in the build up to this one. But yeah, before this build, I probably only done one or two, I think. Yeah. And I just wanted to give you some context before you went into actually the um, the race itself about your PBs, because you're a man I've noticed who's very close to, uh, I guess, arbitrary barriers or a milestone, <laughs> shall we call them? Like the 800 yeah. is probably a bit of a far cry with five seconds there to, to 150. But I mean, yeah. the one mile's a low, very low four, the 3,000's a low eight, the 5,000's a low 14. And the yeah. 10K, that's probably the closest to sub 30 as well, if I've got yeah. them all correct. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I have got a lot of headaches there around the PVs. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're all, it's frustrating because I think I look back at them and most of them I'm happy with the run. But like, if you look at the time and the result, you're like, why didn't that bloke just run a few seconds quicker? What was he doing? <laughs> That's de definitely how I feel about it at times too. But um, yeah, definitely need to try and get some of those down soon. Yeah. Let's get to the marathon itself though, because uh, it, it must in a way, like when you're running so quickly across shorter distances, even say 10 K down, and then you're out for a marathon. And then also you spoke about your build up. that pace must feel like almost uh, too comfortable in a way that, might've got even frustrating to think that, am I even training hard enough? Am I, am I racing fast enough here at the start of this race last Sunday? So just talk us through that, that, that new sort of pace and that feel and how that went on Sunday for you. Yeah, sure. I think, um, I really enjoyed the idea of, um, like this is my job and I just have to do it. Like I just have to run three twenties no matter what. And it doesn't matter if there's 20 people around me, if there's someone runs off the front, if, you know, I die and miss a bottle. Like all I have to do is run three twenties and under any circumstance basically. And, um, yeah, I just found that a very good thing to get my head around. Um, when I first started training, it was like, shit, this is kind of slow. Like I reckon I could do this all day, but it's it, when I started doing it a bit more and like the, the fatigue of training and bigger K's and stuff, there were a few days I sort of walked away from training and thought, geez, this is going to be a, like, this is going to be touch and go. This could go one way or the other. Um, but I think, yeah, overall, I was I was maybe negligently or naively confident that I'd get it done. Um, but yeah, even early on in the race, I felt a million bucks. And when it started to get hard, I just went back to that mindset of like just 320s, no matter what. And that kind of got me to the end and just snuck under. Yeah. So, I'm, yeah. Lost the words now. It's only six days yeah, later too. But I mean, um, like how do you track your pace? Do you, do you literally look at your... You watch, uh, is it on K splits? Did you have any kind of pacer? Do you look at the, the 5K marks? I know I'm not sure if in previous years, but it felt like there was screens there anyway in the half, which actually showed elapsed time. I'm not sure if they were there in the past. I've been doing it for a number of years, but I thought there was only markers every 5K there. Yeah. Um, well, each K, I think it's each K, isn't it? But um, certainly every 5K where they're telling you the time with a big clock. Was that the case in the marathon? There was, there was like the sign markers on the side of the road, every K. Yeah. Um, and then every 5K, there was a, like a timing mat we ran yeah. over. Um, there was a big clock set up at halfway as well. So that was the yeah. only time I got like an official, oh, okay. I guess, split. Um, and then as I further, like the further I got into the race, the more the K markers on the side of the road didn't align to the watch. And I was starting to go, because early on, I was like, man, I'm smashing this. I'm going to fly under. And then I started to stop going off the watch, you know, time. And then the K marker that was sort of 300 meters up the road. And then I was like, oh, this is probably a bit closer than I thought it was. Um, and then, yeah. So it was like, I had a pretty good idea of where I was at most of the time. It wasn't until the last probably 6K where I was starting to bleed time a little bit. And I started to, I didn't panic, but I was like, yeah, this, this might not be as comfortably under as I was hoping. And um, 
I probably sort of knew I was going to be sweet about 2k to go and then just kind of tried to soak it up and enjoy it but um yeah I'd say throughout the race there was like a pretty I had a pretty good idea of where I was at and how it was going to sort of unfold and um yeah everything just kind of went to plan really yeah, I was looking through my Instagram post. You might have seen mine for you that I put up there, but I, I just got a few yeah, local yeah. runners and then also some of the leaders. But um, from memory, it went in order of uh, Liam Adams with a, at the, this is the 25K mark again that I said earlier, but um, yeah. he was with two others. And then Ed Goddard had come through with about four maybe with him. And yeah. then following him, I, I think, oh, who would have been after that? That might have been Tim and the next group, I, I guess in terms of... Well, and then, and then yeah. yourself. There was with... probably... Yeah, I looked at the results and there was a bunch of guys. I'd actually never heard of them, but I had Australian flags next to their names. There was um Josh, someone, and he ran like, oh, I think he might have finished like sixth or fifth or something. And then I might have got that completely wrong. But I remember looking at the results and there was a couple of Aussies there that or had Australian flags next to their names. I don't know what that meant, but actually looking back at the podium now, it was just Liam, Ed, and... Yeah, I might have just got that completely wrong. Never mind. <laughs> no, well, Liam Ebb was first, second. Who was third in the end? Well, the that's what I mean. I think this, yeah. this Josh might have been, but I have no idea who he was. Yeah, but anyway, it was uh, it was Tim in that next pack with uh, Kieran Perkins, who's run <clears throat> so well for a few years yeah. now, uh, Brisbane runner. He fell off a little bit himself. but um, mm. And then Brady Trofor, actually, inside running podcast host, and he's been on here he's as Brady. a guest. He'd, he'd come yeah. from solo. He gave me a wave, but um, he said he traveled Thank okay you. solo. And yeah. um, who else did I have in here? Dion Finocchiaro has been on here as a guest. He was, I think, pacing a few women. But um, yeah, you were following that pack with Tim and Kieran with about um, a handful at least of, of runners. I had no idea who they were. Yeah. Did you know any of those guys? And did that was that pack kind of the, the same through the whole race towards the end? Yeah, we were so lucky. We had a pack that pretty much stayed together until about 30 odd K I'd say it dripped off a few guys kind of dropped early, but there was a, definitely a pretty strong contingent of guys that were, uh, yeah, pretty much just sharing lead, sharing bottles and just got all of us to 30 K, um, together. And then it was just kind of like, all right, boys get stuck in. This is, this is the marathon now. Um, so I had, I had John Paulson there. He's a, he's been around for a while. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. He's a good guy. So I had him next to me, which was nice to have a familiar face there. Um, Malcolm Hicks was pacing us. He's a Kiwi um, Olympian and world champs rep. So I, I knew who he was, but he, he I'd never met him before. And I actually had a good chat to him at like 16K and just asked like where he was from and stuff. <laughs> kind of took my mind off the race for a while, which was quite nice. Um, so he was there and he was super sick. Like he was so good to have because he just sat on the front. And he's run 210. So he was just jogging along. That was nice oh, to have yeah. him yeah just leading the way and you felt a bit i felt a bit safe like with people there that knew what they were doing and were going to definitely get us you know most of the way through without too many issues and then it was just kind of fend for yourself sort of thing um but yeah there was like malcolm john um brady was there as well i was actually like i thought maybe arrogantly as well that i'd be similar to brady like our pbs are quite similar and he's got some marathon experience so one yeah, of my and he's always aiming to well he's been aiming 220 for the past few years uh and he's yeah, 228 i'm looking at here now yeah yeah like my, my backup plan was just i'm just going to follow this bloke all morning and then see how we go but um yeah i ended up feeling really good so i was running up the front with um i keep getting sidetracked so it was malcolm there's a guy called Dean Menzies from WA and I followed him till about 34K. He was super strong at the end. Um, there was a bunch of Japanese guys. I didn't know who they were. Um, Johnny Paulson and um, a Team Tempo bloke. I think it was Max Stevens. He was there. So I did, I was, yeah, around some familiar faces. So I felt pretty comfortable where I was. And John's not on the finish list. Did he, was he pacing? Did he pull out? DNF? I, I saw his Strava file. I, don't, I think he got to 30 and just pulled it, but I, I didn't know what happened because he was pretty like up and about every time I sort of was near him and chatting to him and stuff. So I think he must have just had a couple of bad K and then that was day over, unfortunately. Yeah, it's funny. That 25K mark is where uh, some paces, probably at the shorter distance, will pull out or even runners who decide they're, they're not in it for the day. And I had actually caught Aiden yeah. Hobbs. Aiden Hobbs had finished his job. I think he was pacing. And Peter oh, Bracken, yeah. Peter Bracken was from Bert, uh, the, the the Bert coach from in Brisbane. He, yeah. he was feeling unwell leading into that event, so he pulled out too. I've seen that oh, within about a few minutes, so a uh, bit of carnage yeah. out there too. 
yeah, it was pretty eye-opening how quickly things can turn for you. Like I was running along and then like, yeah, John was gone. I was like, oh crap. And then I took a bottle and looked back and half our group was gone. I was like, oh geez, what's going on here? And and then like coming up over 30K, I saw Kieran Perkins sort of having a real tough time out there. And I was like, geez, he's a, he's a bloody good runner. So if he's, yeah, yeah. If he's had a tough day, I was sort of waiting for it to, waiting for that monkey to jump on my back. And then even up the far end of the course, like Jacob Cox was in the gutter. Like he'd had a tough, tough morning. And I came past Matt Baxter at like 38K, who's like a bit of a, bit of a legend around New Zealand running. He's won NCAA titles and um, yeah, he had a really tough day. So yeah, definitely appreciated or helped me appreciate the day I was having and how quickly things could just go pear-shaped for you. Yeah, and being new to the marathon and fairly young yourself, like just being ahead of some of these guys that were around that must have been that sort of starstruck uh, sort of moment for you. Even guys like Brady Trollfort, who himself would classify you know him as uh, himself as sub-elite. But um, you probably <laughs> listened to the Inside Running podcast for years. You've had a bit to do with him, I, I think, um, a couple of years ago. You did that. Was it the Steigen thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah the Steigen one. Um, yeah, those inside running boys are real good blokes. Yeah, I listen quite often. And um, yeah, I'm a big fan of theirs, actually. And for Kudel, like Joe Fakudel's out there. I'm not sure what happened to him, but 225, 31. Yeah, that was bizarre. Saw the saw the blue hair bobbing up and down at about 8K. I thought, what is that bloke doing? And then, yeah, come past him and he had a tough day. But I was saying to Timmy, it's pretty impressive how like they just don't step off the course. You know, even if he was having a bad day pretty early, like really early and... Yeah, I think I must just be a part of their, I guess, culture or mentality. It's like, doesn't it, you just, they have, they're so respectful and they're respectful of like the distance and the race. And even if you're having a stinker, you just accept the day and you're like, you're getting to the finish. You can't, you can't show up and pull out. That's just not how it works. And was that Joe Fukuda who was clapped in a couple of years back and who like had completely pulled out of the race and like walked in it and came in like three hours or something? Oh, a Japanese runner. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure. It definitely wouldn't surprise me that the sort of resilience he had on the other day, it wouldn't surprise me if he'd done something like that before. Yeah. And it was, um, Riley Cox, actually Jacob's brother in third and often the New Zealand flag can right. trip you up a bit looking at results because the flags are very small and the subtle mm. difference of the red stars in the New Zealand flag can be hard to interpret, but, um, a few yeah. Kiwis up there, like you mentioned, um, your, your Kiwi by the looks of it too. Yeah, yeah, I'm a Kiwi. I'm a, I'm a, I don't know what you call it, like a fake Kiwi by now, but <laughs> I moved here when I was like seven and we just never did anything about citizenship. So anytime I've in a race that's like kind of big, I just put New Zealand down in case I run oh, a 20-minute PB and make a team or something. So <laughs> Yeah, or get in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And mate, um, some like just an amazing day. Like Liam Adams, um, he was third fastest marathon yeah. For any Aussie male on on Australian soil, two hundred eight thirty nine, and fifth yep. fastest of all time from any Aussie, and then Jen Gregson with her debut at two twenty eight thirty three. Yeah, similar yeah. to yourself actually, um, a bit older, but she's come up from the shorter distances. Probably not so much fifteen hundred and three k, but definitely five and ten, and some yeah. halves, and um, and also the course record. From Naoki Koyama, Koyama um, Japanese yeah. runner, two hundred seven forty, and then the half marrow, like Brett Robinson, double uh, two years in a row. Uh, yeah. Kira Damato, North American uh, record, sixty six thirty nine for a lady, absolutely flying for the half. And then yeah. Lisa Waitman was... too. Let's not forget the ten k. I think you've been there before, Gold Coast ten k. She broke her own record eleven years yeah. ago. She got it at thirty two oh nine. So. There's probably a bit to come back at from what I've read out to you, but um, an amazing day. <laughs> no, nah, it was just a sick weekend. Like I went out and I live up the northern end of the course. So like Paradise Point, um, for anyone that's on the half where you turn around, I, I live sort of five minutes down the road from there. So I went down with, with our mutual friend, Chris Littlejohn and um, yeah. Kaz and some of the other boys. And we got a cat of coffee on the side of the road and just sort of we're in our, you know, warm clothes and watching those guys battle along at halfway in the half. But um. Yeah, it was a pretty perfect morning to run quick. And um, yeah, Brett looked a million bucks. He always does. And then, yeah, that Kira, the American lady, I couldn't, she came around the course with um Benny Cook, who's a, a mate of mine. And I've, um, yeah, I did the yeah, Noosa Bert half. Too. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, him. yeah. Yeah, I did the half with him in Noosa a little while ago. And we ran beside each other pretty much the whole way. And then he came around with that woman. I thought, geez, Benny, like, can't get chick, mate. What are you doing? Get a move on. And then, yeah, saw her time at the end of the day and thought, no, it's probably fair enough. <laughs> 
Yeah, and PB for him too. Um, Brisbane yeah. runner Ben Cook. He's uh, been around the, the those sort of areas for a while now, but still fairly young. I think late twenties, isn't he? Yeah, he'd be similar to my age. I think yeah. he's um he was a really good triathlete back in the day. I think he's yes. just running now. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So mate, how, how do you feel then? You know, post marathon, have you got the bug? Do you feel like like I just uh, alluded to earlier about your PBs and a lot of milestones mm. and barriers there that you probably try to sort of hit off for years and um, haven't yeah. just quite got there. It, do you feel like the marathon's your event or is it the half? You know, as you get older, most yeah. runners tend to go towards the marathon, don't they? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I think the training was, I really, yeah, like I said before, like mentally, I found it really easy. To, well, not easy, but it was a, a mentality I could really lean into and sink my teeth into. Like, you just have to do this. You don't have to kind of show up and be, uh, I guess, reactive to how a race plays out. It's like, you've really got a job to do and you just stick to it. Um, I quite like that idea. So, and ja Jacko messaged me after and said, well, yeah, we've found your event now. I thought, oh shit, have we? Do I have to keep doing that? But <laughs> um, I don't know, like long-term, I, I was a bit, I was pretty tunnel vision, to be honest, just getting to the start of this one healthy and and um, like breaking 220 was a real, uh, you know, pretty solid motivator it was very easy to get excited about that and i had the mentality that i might just do this once so let's do it properly and i didn't really leave any stones unturned in training and even on the race morning like i really was quite like i kept giving myself opportunities to run well like i'd follow everything and i was always near the front of the group and um yeah like i don't know if i could have a more perfect day than the day i had so i like i think if you stack you know marathon builds on top of marathon builds just do the same thing over and over you're probably going to get a bit quicker but um yeah if i'm if if i'm a marathoner or not like i don't know i, I know i had an incredible day like everyone has incredible days sometimes but um i think i would do it again like sink my teeth into the training and maybe push things a little bit um but as for like exactly what I'm going to do going forward, I actually I don't really know to be honest. I probably need to figure that out to be fair and ride the ride the fitness that I've got at the moment. But yeah, I'm still recovering to be fair. I feel pretty crap. I'm looking at Strava week. right now. Have you run since? There's nothing on here. I went to went to Paradise Point Park run this morning and jogged about five minute k's and came about ninetieth. And that's yeah, that's probably all, all I could do to be fair. Yeah, I was out there myself at Kedron Park Run and um, thought I'd have not a crack, but a firm park run and just had nothing in the legs. I did the half marathon, but um, I, I, I feel oh, yeah, the ones yeah. who did the marathon and um, a little bit windy, I think, wasn't it? The headwind coming back. Is that right? Traveling north? On the Maraday. Yeah, that yeah, was shocking. Yeah. That was, yeah, that was what everyone spoke about. Like, I think that I was expecting it to be terrible then anyway, like running on my own and, and um, I actually missed a bottle at 35K. So I was just in the headspace of, oh, I've got it, you know, I'm just doing it tough right now. But everyone I spoke to afterwards was like that, yeah, that last 6K was just shocking. Like that was worth, you know, X amount of time or whatever. So yeah, it was just it was about, um, sorry, you go. No, I was going to say it was a really good day, but like that last 5K was just like pretty terrible really. Yeah, it looks like it from 36 onwards was the only time. And considering, you know, so many people train for these things for years and don't get it right. And there wasn't, uh, many that got it right. I can tell you that from how many I follow on Strava on Sunday, yeah. you know, you can almost say you've got it right. If, you, if you're doing that up to 36 K it was plus 320, a random 314 in there. And then, then you're hitting about my 10 K pace uh, in late three twenties, <laughs> which is a blowout for you. Uh, and then you finished. Okay. Most do through that. The, the, the finish is great, isn't it? It's pretty unrivaled that finish um, area, that last K. And then inside the, um, the precinct there with the grandstands yeah it's pretty special i like i was saying to timmy like before the race it's going to be a blessing and a curse for me that i i guess i'm like the home hometown boy for this race like i've i've grown up running up and down this course since i was 10 so it's going to be pretty special and i had yeah lots of people out giving a yell and i had some good mates down south in um miami and they were like talking up about making up posters and shirts i was like geez there's gonna be a fair bit of carry on out there but that's <laughs> like it's really cool but the curse is that when we get to Burley and we have to like turn around and run to runaway Bay, like I know exactly where that is, how far that is. And I'm going to go, geez, that's so far, which I actually did do. Like got to 15 K turned around and went, crap, we got to go like, we've got to run to there. That's like running home. So that kind of frightened me. Um, but yeah, once I sort of turned at the Northern end, yeah, had a couple of pretty tough K, um, 
yeah, like I said, I missed my bottle at 35. I got to, so I took, I went 30 to 40 without any nutrition, which, um, yeah, it's probably not ideal, uh, in the Mara, but, um, got to 40, had a bit of Coke and kind of came back to life and, um, yeah, got home. Okay. But I was, yeah, I was hitting the panic button from about 36 to 39. Like this, if I miss this by about 10 seconds and I've got another one of those times that I'm looking at going, man, I really should have run four seconds quicker. I'll be absolutely kicking myself. So I was stoked. I finally got there in the end and that energy at the end in the grandstand definitely does pull you in, just pulls you home and had my, um, like my girlfriend and stuff in the stands and, um, all the sailor and, um, Aspen are two girls we trained with and they were at the finish holding the tape for the winners. So they were like the first people I saw when I finished. That was pretty cool. And yeah, it was just very special, special experience. Oh yeah. It's an amazing finish there. So have you literally done the, the shorter events as a kid, like the, um, the 5k or shorter and like it was 5.7, I think back in the day and the, and the 10k and half yeah. there. Like have you done all the events? Yeah, yeah. I did the 4k when I was like a kid at school and I think in year 11, I think I did the, I won the 5.7 K. I think it was like the first photo I ever put on Instagram was putting the banner up and claiming a, claiming a win over 5.7 K. <laughs> but um, yeah, then I sort of, I went away to America for a few years and then came back and I've just run the 10 K every year since that's an event I always get pretty, pretty excited for. Um, and then, yeah, this year just decided to quadruple it and see how we go, but <laughs> Yeah, I've been a part of Gold Coast Mara Weekend, yeah, pretty much all my life when I'm on the coast anyway. Yeah, right. Well, let's use that as a segue anyway into uh, your upbringing and uh, your running up until that point. And I often do forget you went to America there for a short period of time and what that looked like. So, um, yeah, where did you attend school, Jordan? And how was running featuring from you right up until the year 12? And then how quickly did you join uh, Gold Coast or uh, head to America? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I moved here from New Zealand when we was, uh, must've been seven, six or seven. And I went to Coomer Anglican college up the Northern end of the coast. And I just went there all the way through to year 12. Um, got into running. I was probably 10. Um, when I started going to training and stuff, I had a PE teacher. I was actually the head of our primary school, Mr. K. He's pretty uh, notorious around the Northern end of the coast for running. Everyone knows Mr. K. Um, and he was um, pretty, in, he's a real enthusiastic bloke and he kind of got me excited about running and um, I sort of went from there, found a coach and uh, yeah, just took off from there all through school. Um, got into triathlon pretty heavily when I was in year 11 and thought I was going to be a, you know, a triathlete. Did that for about three years, four years and I just couldn't get good at swimming, just couldn't pick it up. I was okay, but like I was always going to be a second or third pack swimmer. So it was just not really meant to be. And then a mate of mine, uh, another coach at Emmanuel sort of suggested if I, you know, take off maybe a bit of time in my track times, I could go over to America. Didn't really know what else I was going to do. So I thought, yep, that sounds sick. I'll give that a bash. Um, and I went and did the Zatapec um, under 19, under 20, that 3K they do each year. Mm. And at that time I was, so I'd trained with Jacko since I was 15 and he was always kind of like, I'd just show up twice a week, do a track session on top of all the swimming and biking or whatever. And then we sort of, I sort of said to him, I want to try and run properly. So I trained with him for like two months and then just somehow cracked like 20 seconds off my 3K time. And I think I ran 8.23. And then that was good enough to get me some scho a scholarship over to America. So I signed up and then um, was all set to go. And then I got a, um like a health issue when I was probably 19 and I was in hospital for, for a couple of months. Um, and when I was supposed to go over to America on the visit, that was, I was in a, like, you know, feet up in a hospital bed, so I couldn't go. Um, and then they pulled the scholarship, which was a bit, you know, devastating. And then came out of hospital in uh, July and we, American college um, semester starts in about August. So I kind of went back through all the emails I'd gotten, just, just panic, just spammed everyone. Like, I want to come, I want to come. Like, who's going to, can someone take me kind of thing? And got an email back from this, college in um la called Loyola marymount which is a really uh small little private school just above uh, marina del rey so it's in a pretty sick spot um but running wise it wasn't anything amazing but i was just you know i'd so decided oh, this is what i want to do so i just signed up and went um pretty much off you know two weeks out of hospital hadn't run in about three months and um just sort of showed up was like hey i'm here to run let's go uh -huh. was there for about um three years and had a pretty um 
mixed experience, I'd say. It was really, really great for for everything except running, like academically, really cool, really good school. Had met some amazing people, um, was in a sick spot right near Santa Monica and Venice and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, running wise, it was a bit of a, it really like it messed to be, to be fair. It kind of messed me up a little bit, like mentally, um, just the way that, that the program was structured, like this is your job, you know, you don't have any say in how you train. Um, you're not to train outside of what we allocate you. You're not to essentially you're like training went from like a personal endeavor. Like I want to get good at running. Like, this is something I love to like you run at this time each day, you run this far, you run this fast and then you go to class and then you show up and you race. And it's like, well, that kind of sucks. And especially when I sort of learned after about six months that I was either, so in my first two months, I got a stressy and then was out for about another six months. And then I came back and sort of said like, I'm going to stay here. Like I need to do this properly. Like I'm not going to get injured. I want to train and get good. And then he sort of wouldn't let me. So I just kind of got stuck in this program of, I guess, monotony, like no one was running very well. No one was enjoying it. Um, and it was kind of difficult being away from like the support system and even like Jacko just messaging like, Hey, like I want to do this session. And he's like, yep, go do it. And then if I got, I went and did it, I'd get like in trouble, which is just a ridiculous thing to think about getting in trouble for training. But anyway, so that didn't work out. I came back to Australia and started training with Jacko again. Uh, I was probably 22 at the time. And it took me a good, probably two, three years to kind of get my head screwed on again and just sort of enjoy running and i think being that the gold coast run co like community is pretty special and it's very welcoming and it can sort of be whatever you make it so when i wasn't really feeling like i wanted to be too serious or if things were getting a bit you know anxiety provoking around running i, I could take a back seat and just show up and really enjoy being there and just feed off the guy's energy sort of thing and yeah i'd say um I definitely like improved a lot in mentally and, and took some time off the PBs since coming home. But um, if I was to look back at, you know, where I was at Zatapak in, in when I was a kid and like the, the possibilities that I had in front of me, I'd maybe be a little bit like, I'd be lying if I didn't say that going to America probably jeopardized my running ability to some extent. Um, but I think, like I said, it was, a, it was a mixed experience that it, it gave me a lot of life skills. And I think I am probably a, more i guess rounded person because of it like running it's pretty easy when you're a young kid just to get so hard pressed on running but um yeah i've got like a better i guess approach to it now than i probably would if i'd just you know gone straight into i just want to be a full-time runner and neglected um studying and, and friendships and all that sort of stuff so yeah that was a very long-winded story but that's kind of how i ended up where i am now <laughs> that's what we like we like to hear from them but um most of the American <laughs> colleges like that Jordan, where it's kind of very rigid in in terms of what they expect and, and doing your own training yeah i think like i can't speak for everywhere but i know that it's different to here where anyone that's involved in running in a coaching sort of way is is just there because they love it and they want to help that's there's not much money in running like realistically but at those colleges they've just got absurd amounts of money to throw around and you know there's there's bonuses for how well teams do and people's jobs are on the line and there's just a lot more pressure basically so running stops being a um a very i guess personalized pursuit and then it's like an, a business or an operation like we've got to get this done we believe we do it this way just do what we say kind of thing and there's probably i know for sure there's places that aren't like that and um like there's some schools you look at just about every australian or international person that goes there just becomes an absolute weapon like um wisconsin just spat out like morgan and ollie and jackson sharps there at the moment doing really well um Oregon seems to do really well, but like these are all the top, top, top running schools. So you're not really getting into those unless you sort of send them an email saying, Hey, I run 342, 1500. Can I come run for your school? So I guess with the options that I had available to me, um, I, yeah, you're kind of flying blind. Like um, I, I know I can speak for Louis on this. He went to Boise in Idaho and we were there pretty much a similar time and had a very similar experience and that we just didn't get out, take from it what we would have liked um, and found that the, yeah, just the rigidity of it and the way they kind of conduct the whole scenario is definitely not um, athlete focused or focused on anything other than you, you're here for four years to run exactly the way we tell you to. Um, so 
yeah, it is. I know some places, like I just said, like, yeah, Wisconsin has a very long-term approach and they set people up to run after college. But mm. yeah, I know a lot of them, you, you only hear about the good ones, like Ollie Morgan, et cetera. And there's for every one of them, there's probably 20 guys like me who went over and had a bash and just didn't sort of make what they wanted to of it. Yeah. And the thing too, now there's so many options in Brisbane. Hey, like you look at someone like Jaden Russ with Brisbane athletics uh, from a very young age, he's coaching uh, kids and Gold Coast uh, Runco as well in, in that similar context. And uh, even groups like around the Cal Davies and Ryan Gregson that they got a small group there now, Aiden Hobbs yeah. is sort of building a group to UQ a bit more. So, so I think those options have definitely increased, but it's always the lure, isn't it? Of uh, how much depth they have over there and the expertise that you can get. But I think both from an expertise point of view and options, and even a group like the one that I run with, with Bert, is it even sort of a good little interlude for those younger, faster runners to come through and be flexible with their training and to, before they find a coach and get a bit more serious about it. I, I just think it's changed a bit since then because you mentioning that was sort of 22, you come back. Like how old are you now? And what was what was the Gold Coast Runco like back then? And what was available in, in, yeah. in the country? Well, not in the country, but in... um in Queensland and Brisbane and Gold Coast areas? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I came back when I was 22. I'm 27 now, so I've been home for five, five and a bit years, I suppose. Um, and then, like, Louis was really kind of paving the way for, I guess, people that could come back to Queensland and start running. So I know he was trying to link up with a, um, I can't, I'm, for the life of me, I can't remember who, the, who it was, but he had another coach lined up. And then eventually, like, Jacko um, started up I guess he just formalized what was already happening. Like we'd, um, Jacko was a really great runner himself and we just kind of used to show up and he'd say, all right, I'm doing this. And then we just kind of do it and try and keep up. And then um, he sort of with um, Storlo, another a good bloke that's kind of the head of the other side of Runco. Um, they just sort of got together and formalized things and said, all right, we're going to actually make this a squad or multiple squads. We're going to have training at this time. And, um, they brought Courtney Atkinson in, who's a, you know, ex-Olympic triathlete, just to yeah. kind of be another person to lean on and ask questions. And so, yeah, in the early days of Runco, when I came back, it just, it was just an incredible place to be. Like it was, you know, you show up and you run hard, but there was so much community side of it and, and other things that were, you know, ex exciting about being a runner other than just, I have to show up and sprint, you know, three times a week or whatever. So, um, yeah, I think now, like you said, you know, Russie does a great job in Brizzy. There's, there's, um, like even the guys that I run with now, like Chris, Chris O and, and Kaz and stuff in Paradise Point, like I still am part of Runco and Jacko is like my coach, but, um, there's just like all these little pockets of running mm. that are around that you don't really necessarily know about. They're not formalized or, um, they're not posting on social media and, um, yeah, there's just, there's, there's a million different ways to run and enjoy your running. Um, but I think as a young kid looking at college, um, you, you've got an ego about you for sure. Like you want to be the best you want to, you think you're going to be an Olympian. Like you'd be, if you don't think that, then you're not training, you're not trying hard enough. So that's where the allure of like a really big, you know, university with a lot of money and people that have been there and done it before is quite appealing, but I've certainly found for myself it may not be for everyone else but just being in a place where i'm comfortable and happy and flexible and not necessarily running with you know amazing amazingly elite runners it's just about being in a good headspace and you can kind of make it whatever you want really that's what i have sort of found lately hey let's get to these um pbs which i guess will give some more idea to the listeners about uh, your running times we mentioned them well i mentioned them i guess briefly earlier and um, they do sort of sit around those, some of those barriers we spoke about too. And they've all occurred in the last four years. Well, one mile was done in Geelong four years, no, five years ago, sorry, uh, 2018, yeah. end of 2018, December. And um, yeah, just talk to us about where the focus has been as well in those sort of last three, four years too. So 800, 154, 96, 1,000, 349. One mile was 4,0866 in Geelong, which we mentioned. They're 3,000 and 5,000, both at SOPAC in Sydney, March and April, respectively, for three and five, eight, 13, 07, 14, 19, 92 for the 5K. 10,000 was a QSAC two years ago, 31, 16, 5K, 1436. That must have been the noose of Bolt. That's surprising to be turning around so many times in the heat in the afternoon to get that <laughs> time. 10K. 13 uh, 30 sorry 12 gold coast 
that was last year. I was looking for you actually in the half marathon in results to see if you're running out there last year, but you're in the 10K and the marathon. You've just done that. So yeah, just talk to us about sort of how these races fared for you, where the focus had had lay, I guess, in the last few years and what training looked like to cater for these shorter events. Yeah, sure. Um, I guess the training was pretty, pretty um, similar for since I got back to America before from America, sorry, before this marathon build. So yeah, training with Gold Coast Run Co. Um, we sort of have three sessions, just Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday mornings. And then um, we'll just jog by myself uh, in between at sort of 110 to 120 K a week. Um, and then like the sessions just kind of change depending on time of year and what's going on and stuff. Um, I'd say the focus was kind of in the headspace of um, like going to America. Like I was saying before, I was really, that was like my big, you know, I'm going to be an amazing runner move. And then coming back, I sort of was still really passionate about running and wanted to do well, but I kind of wanted to set myself up a little bit just for life, you know, generally outside of running. So um, while I was doing 120K weeks or whatever, I was, you know, I studied um, architecture, which was pretty pretty full on and brutal. So I got, got through that. And then, um, yeah, just sort of transitioned into full-time work at the start of 2022. Uh, so a year and a half ago, I suppose. Um, so yeah, the headspace has kind of been like, oh, I love running and I want to do really well, but I think it's probably been 80% in for a long time, to be fair. Like, um, yeah, having other things on the back burner, I sort of, I've always had a little bit of, um, this might be a little bit too, you know, whatever, but like, I feel a little bit like guilty sometimes when I, when I go all in on running, like it's a little bit irresponsible for me to not be setting myself up or, you know, treating myself like a full-time elite runner when I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> so I kind of, um, yeah, I train and I enjoy training, but for a long time, I was very much just going through the motions and enjoying the community side of it, still training hard, but, you know, having things in the back of my mind, like, yeah, setting up a life outside of running, I guess. Um, as I've got a bit older, I've kind of realized that you, you can do both. You don't have to just kind of, you know, I, I sort of let that pressure go of like, you're not a runner full time. You don't need to treat yourself like you are. But um, now I've sort of learned that, you know, especially in this marathon build, you can, you know, work hard towards that and not have to necessarily make sacrifices outside of running that are going to be costly. Like, if, you know, not studying properly or not working hard enough, things like that. So, yeah, I think the focus has been probably not in the best spot, which was a result of America. Um, and now I think in the last probably couple of years, but definitely in the last few months, I've, I've sort of moved away from that, that maybe a bit negative mindset. Yeah, so these times too. I know you spoke about um, all those influences oh, yeah. towards the times, but let's get to the, some of these times more specifically. And yeah, I got carried away listening to your story too, because that, that yeah, that's what bad. it's all about, isn't it? It's about working it around your life and and what your goals are in and outside of the sport. So it um and it can take its toll, and it, it must take its toll too when you're so close to the top in that sort of sub elite category. And I've had um, plenty of mates and contacts in those areas are either uh, running still and trying or you know have almost given up entirely uh, from yeah, the yeah. sport um yeah so so let, let's go to the 800 hey let's uh, get some focus with that like is that an sure. event you've done much of at all um no <laughs> no, I'm not very fast. Like I, I yeah, I get the bash a couple of times, but I just it's just ridiculous for me to even be trying to run that. So no. Yeah, one five four nine six that was in the fifteen hundred three forty nine must have been good to break three fifty two years ago at QSAC. Yeah, no, fifteen hundred I gave a lot of attention to for a long time. That was kind of my event. Um, I ran three fifty. I reckon I, I, without a word of a lie, probably twelve times, and just didn't get under. And so. That was becoming quite frustrating. And then, yeah, I sort of took some time off from running and came back and then just ran 349 one day, which was really frustrating and I guess eye-opening to how much of a, a role the head plays in, in what you're doing. But yeah, I was very, very stoked to get under 350. That was a good that was a good run. Yeah, and the mile so close to that magic four, I guess to a degree, nine seconds uh, is a little bit in the one mile. That Was that on the road then in, in Geelong? Uh, I was at that Steigen meet as well. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, I did the Steiger Mile when I first came back and yeah, I had a good run that day. That was like my biggest, I think up to that point, that was probably the most deep field I've been in. Like Jack Rayner was running there and 
Um, I can't remember. There was, I remember I came like ninth or something and came, yeah, ran 408. So it was a good race. Um, but yeah, that was, I was definitely like at that time thinking of myself as a mile 1500 guy. Um, so running 408 was like, I'm going to break four. And then I don't think I ran a mile again, to be fair. So, oh, it's still an amazing time. It's almost like it feels like I'm having a go at you for not breaking these, um, these, <laughs> these time barriers, but, um, it's remarkable pace, really. Uh, 813. 3000 SOPAC that's last year. So there's still pace in the, in the, uh, not old legs, but as the legs are getting older, there's still some pace there. Yeah. Yeah. That was, I was happy with that run. I'd run probably, um, not, uh, eight, oh God, eight, 18 before that. So that was, you know, a little chunk off the PB. It was, I was in the B race at the state, uh, national three K champs. So I was a bit spewing and get put in the A race, had a big sprint with some of the guys for first and came fourth. So yeah, still a good run. I was happy with that. And then the 5,000, are you going to sort of work towards this as well with the, the marathon of 10K and half in, in mind there as well to sort of decrease that 14.19, which you did last year again at SOPAC? Yeah, that was the same as the 3K. I was in the B race at Nationals and was running for the win, came second. Um, yeah, I think the 5K and marathon go close enough to hand in hand that I'd run a good 5K off marathon similar training i guess um so yeah i'd definitely love to get that 5k down um but i think yeah definitely the 10k is one where i'm like yeah i definitely need to get that under under the 30 minute barrier yeah look at your times it almost seems like you're stronger on the roads so the 10k uh 30 12 compared to the 10,000 31 16 and then the 5k i know it is slower but um as i mentioned earlier that was at noosa the Noosa Bolt, where you turn around plenty of times, I think seven times uh, in 30 degree heat. And that was only yeah. what, uh, 17 seconds slower? No. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, 17 seconds slower. Yeah, about that. Yeah, Noosa, I love Noosa. I had a good run there that day. I've had some absolute stinkers at Noosa, which I'm sure plenty of people have had. But yeah, that day I kind of got it right. And is again similar i had a very very relaxed approach like tim and i were staying together the night before and we sort of went and had a beer before the race and it was just kind of quite relaxed and yeah had a bash and had a good one so that was cool two years ago who won that two years ago was rainer there yeah he he that was the year it was he he did the biggest flex on us he showed up in a pair of like waffles he'd got at nike dfo and ran like 13 something and beat everyone by about 20 seconds so that was impressive and disheartening at the same time <laughs> Yeah, I was there with him last year. He was going for the record. He was a, a few seconds off it, but um, so impressive to be in such a small race with someone so elite and not elite yeah. like myself. Uh, 10K, 30-12, Gold Coast. We mentioned that. Um, you must have fared pretty well with that time at Gold Coast. Were you sort of top five, 10? Yeah, I think I was ninth. I was, I was yeah. very happy with that. 10K was another one I kind of battled at for a long time and I couldn't break 31 for ages and ages and ages. And then, yeah, it took about a minute or... Yeah, just shy of a minute off and ran 30-12. So that was, a, that was a good day. I was happy with that. Yeah, no, it's, um, there's some great times in there. So uh, moving ahead, what do you think? What's the yeah. next um, recover from the marathon first, I guess? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, that's going to be a whole beast in itself by, the, by how it feels at the moment. But I definitely want to get that 10K under 30. I think that's that's something that is, you know, within the ballpark, given the training that's been happening lately. And I guess race is coming up. Um, yeah, I don't really know. Like really, really optimistically, I had a quick look at things and I'm actually ranked second in New Zealand for the marathon this year um, behind Caden Shields, who ran 213 the other day at Gold Coast yeah. as well. Um, so, and I looked at their like qualifying standards for things and they have this like long list policy and uh, long story short, if you run under 215, you're like eligible for like Olympic selection, uh, you know, given... 14 other factors go your way and no one else qualifies, et cetera. So, you know, that's, that's a motivating thing to think, yeah, if I run 215, maybe I go to the Olympics given 14 other things happen that go my way. But yeah, in the immediate future, um, yeah, I think 10K and under 30 is definitely a big one. Um, and I think a half, I think I can run a better half. I've, I've only really had, I did that one at Noosa probably six weeks ago and, that was, you know, I didn't taper. It was in the middle of a marathon build and I still did like a minute PB or something like that. So I think there's maybe a, a bit of time to find there, but yeah, I don't really have any immediate plans to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's get uh, some focus towards the training weekend. What it, what it will look like once, once you are fully recovered and, and when that will happen. 
we sit here six days post Gold Coast. But uh, when do you think you'll get back into normality and what will Monday to Sunday look like uh, considering the next sort of six months to a year? Yeah, um, I'd love to th- love to be jogging next week just to kind of keep myself moving again. Um, I don't, I heard um, uh, someone was telling me Kipchoge has like three weeks off after a marathon. So <laughs> that's in the back of my mind thinking, geez, I've got three weeks to put the feet up here. But yeah, I've been getting a bit itchy. Like I need to get out and do something. So hopefully next week I'll jog. And then, yeah, maybe in like three weeks, I might start training up again and looking around for races. But um, as opposed to a Monday to Monday to Sunday sort of set up um, Mondays, I coach, coach some juniors at Runco on a Monday morning. So we jog from um, Coomba and just jog around for like an hour or so. Um, it's pretty stop starty sort of run. Like they'll do a session and I'll just kind of do some drills with them and things. So it's a bit of a, a, a slow introduction to the week. Uh, and then just usually double Monday Arvo. Um, Tuesday mornings, I've been doing um, sessions with Chris, our mate, and um, Kaz yeah. and a few others up the northern end of the coast. So that's usually in the whole marathon build. Every Tuesday was just a fartlek. Um, Chris had come in with some, uh, you know, variation of a fartlek, call it Little John Fartlek, and that's what we were doing that day. So <laughs> something a bit unusual usually on a Tuesday, which is always good fun. Um, and then just jog Tuesday Arvos and then pretty much just jog Wednesday, Thursday, and then do another session Friday morning. That was kind of the marathon specific session. Um, I don't going forward. I don't really know what that'll look like, but I guess in the build up, that was something along the lines of like, you know, 5k reps or 6k reps or something like that. Um, and then yeah, always double and then just a long run on Sunday. And then, yeah, depending on how far through the marathon build, that would usually be a pretty disgusting sort of run with something awful at the end of it. Um, yeah. So I think the biggest one was like a 20k warm up. And then a 16k build. And so that was probably the extent of the longest run. And then going forward, hopefully that's just going to be a 20k jog for a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of a pace are you jogging at uh, between the sessions? Um, I, I try to jog pretty slowly. Um, so like, yeah, I always say five minute Ks and it ends up being about four thirties. So I, yeah, try and go five minutes. And then by the end of the run, you feel pretty good. And it's probably closer to, yeah, something like four forties. Yeah, and I had a um, flashback to the Inside Running podcast. Spoke about uh, you know jogging pace for like three weeks. It just kept coming up yeah. in that conversation, but um, for good reasons. Like um, it's it's funny how it varies so much between athletes. Um, flying along and um, yeah, well over five minute pace for for all those recovery yeah. jobs. It does seem to be like a case by case sort of thing. Hey, eh? like I know I've run with Jude Thomas a little bit, and he runs just absurdly slow, like all yeah, the he time. Does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is cool to be around. And he's a track guy, so you'd think, well, that doesn't translate at all, but it does. So, And then um, uh, for me, like I was, when I was doing the, when I first came back from America, I was really trying to smash all my easy runs and I was going four minute Ks and that was just dumb because you just feel tired all the time and then you start training terribly at sessions and stuff. So for me, I've learned, yeah, just, just jog slow and see how you feel. But yeah, I know people like, you know, Brett, or Jack or whoever, they'll run four minute Ks. Like they're elite, but they, they can do yeah, that. But yeah, it's relative, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. But I think for me, like the sweet spots sort of like four forty five to five, five minutes. Yeah. I thought that was my brother. <laughs> Hang on one sec. <laughs> my wife's doing some washing here. Oh really? Yeah. I got the dog going off. Well, I'll probably be in trouble after this anyway, after not doing it. <laughs> I saw her um, poke her head around the corner like you were in trouble just before. I didn't want to say anything. No, she's always very cautious about these. I just say, come through, whatever. Doesn't yeah, matter. Um, where were we? Oh, I was going to ask you about your long run. So how, how mm. long is that long run going to be considering you're not too sure where things are heading? Are you going to sit around like the two-hour mark? What's that going to – yeah, how will that sort of yeah. uh, see out the rest of the year on a Sunday or Saturday whenever you do it? Yeah, um, I think like – yeah, I guess Jacko's training, we do it. It's Everything's pretty general until it's specific, which sounds ridiculous, but it is like you just kind of run the same thing all the time. And then if you pick a race or you've decided you want to do something specific, then you tailor it to that. So I think I'll just go back to sort of, yeah, 90, 90 minutes or, you know, two hours very slowly until I kind of decide what I want to do. And then things kind of change a little bit to suit that. So 
um, yeah, I'd say I'd say the most likely next thing would be a 10K or a half. So I probably wouldn't need to do much more than two hours for that. Um, but yeah, I think if another marathon's on the cards soon, it's going to be, yeah, back to those sort of 36K monstrous Sunday mornings, which, yeah, yeah is always a battle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, um, moving towards the end of this uh, episode, but uh, in, after that marathon, have you had anyone, any turning heads around... Uh, any sponsor interest or I, I know it's um there's still some room to improve there for times, but mm-hmm. any, uh, anyone from New Zealand or local people wanting to get around you now post that event or have anyway in the past year? Um, Nothing like from a running like standpoint, like plenty of, you know, people that I know have reached out and stuff, which was really cool, but um, no, nah, no sponsor interest or anything like that. Like from, yeah, I was so stoked with the run, but if you look at it big picture wise, like 219 still, you know, there's, there's room to move there for sure before you're in that ballpark. So yeah, I don't know. I think it'd probably be, yeah, another few minutes required there for those sort of things to start happening. Yep. Yep. Definitely. Hey, um, yeah. I just wanted to think of the next, can, will we, I guess the Sunshine Coast, right? And we think of Bridge to Brisbane, these bigger ones coming yeah. up on the calendar. Are we going to see you at these sort of events what else what else is out there that's really local any um sydney marathon sydney melbourne marathon or half interest there yeah i think like i probably will do these little well, not little rate like the races locally for a while but like i've found that i sort of just tend to do well when i go big picture and just be like all right i want to do this race and i'm gonna look at it for like 12 weeks and i get really focused on it so i think the next one like that, uh, just broadly speaking, I had a quick chat to Louis and there's Valencia at the end of the year. Like that, that could be something I get, I get interested in, but that would be sort of two, three months away from starting preparing for. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be, probably be, yeah, putting around the, the brizzy races and, and all that. And in, in the near future, I've definitely caught the, caught the running bug at the moment. So I'll be out there giving, having, having a bash. Excellent. And I saw Louis McAfee uh, on the Saturday in the half marathon. He passed me uh, with about 4K to go and uh, he was flying along with his brother at about 3.30 pace. I started about 3.30s. I was running about 3.40, by then. I was blowing up and he'd passed me. I was thinking, what's this bloke doing? Having a bit of a jog in the half marathon. So is, is he someone, do you know, is, is he coming back to running the, the maras or the halves or anything? I know he really wants to. He's um he's had a few health issues since he did the marathon last year. He mm. um he's just been battling away the poor bloke. So I think he's starting to get get on top of things now. And he still you know has he still thinks big picture and wants to go and do some good big marathons and stuff. He's definitely got time to cut off there. So he'll I'm sure we'll see him out running something ridiculous again. Surely. Yeah, two eighteen on the debut last year. You guys would be so good for each other with Tim in there. Throw Tim in there. There's three blokes running a very similar time for the marathon, moving forward. Yeah, so it's I exciting think, for local. Yeah, I think I think Louis was two seventeen on debut even. So like him and oh, Tim were. Top, yeah, been... I think it was a very high two seventeen. I think you're right. So um... yeah, yeah. No, it was. We've we're all we're all in the ballpark now. I think they've they've definitely got you know two twelve in the legs if they had their day. I th- I don't know how where my ceiling is yet, but I'll keep trying to find it. I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Hey, let's finish with some listener questions. And last time I checked, Chris Littlejohn was the only one on the list for listener questions. So let's, uh, <laughs> be right. let's have a look. Yeah, he's still there. Okay. Any idea what this might be about? Oh, this could be any number of things, really. Okay. So he's asking um, you if you think any of my listeners could beat you in Monopoly deal. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Not a Tell chance. us about this. Is this a variation of Monopoly? What is this? Yeah, it's like a card version of Monopoly. Like, yeah, you kind of have it. Yeah, like long story short, it's like a card version of Monopoly. It takes like five minutes and I've mastered it. <laughs> well, there you go. There's a hidden talent for one of our local legends, uh, Jordan or Jordan McLennan. Thank you for your time. Um, I just thought it was so exciting for you and Australian running and Gold Coast and Queensland running for you to have that uh, ripper of a marathon on debut. A uh, high 219 or sub 220 was remarkable. And a few others out there that we mentioned, like uh, Tim Vincent and a few locals that are just uh, continuing to improve closer towards that 215 mark, uh, I think, is something definitely truly a you know a benchmark that you can hit in the next uh, few years if you keep pushing yourself towards the marathon and ticking off those other shorter events along the way so again thank you very much
No, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. It's been good chatting to you about everything running and hopefully there's some, yeah, more chats out there soon. Absolutely. I've got family coming over in 20 minutes and I'm meant to be cleaning. So I'll get to that and uh, leave you for the <laughs> afternoon, mate. And enjoy coming back to the, uh, just a general jogging. Take it easy, hey? I will do. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. See ya. All right. Catch up. If you enjoyed listening to this episode or the local legend in running podcast in general, please jump on Spotify, give it a rating. I'd much appreciate it. Thank you.